ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to another episode of the Castle Collective. And, uh, you know, we took the summer off and then Nick and I took a great tour through his trip, but we are now back in full force. We have a, a great collection tonight and we do have Nick at night once again joining us. He dominated uh, Disneyland in the 1990s. Nick at night. Welcome back. Howdy ho. And he is one of the hosts of Word on the Main Street podcast, which comes out every Wednesday. He is Sean Solo. Happy to be here. Thank you, Sean. And he was not only a jungle cruise skipper, but he also worked uh, at the Nickelodeon Hotel, we just found out. So he is a man of mystery <laughs> and a man of so many talents. He is an internationally renowned DJ and game show host, Rob Skipper Rob. Welcome back to the show. Thank you. And uh, just on a other note, has anybody seen the Jungle Cruise movie? Awesome movie. Lots of fun. I think it was like, to me, it's like if, if you married uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, the movies with Indiana Jones. That's what it felt like. Awesome movie. Did you guys all see it? I saw it at the drive-in. I haven't oh, yeah. seen it. <laughs> That's right. You haven't seen it, Sean? That surprises me. Uh, yeah, yeah life with kids it's difficult <laughs> yeah yeah of course did they have it where you could pay 197 dollars on disney to watch it once <laughs> like on disney plus was that that one is available it's yeah. 190 dollars come on oh yeah how dare i he's factoring um, in tax <laughs> yeah yeah i so i went and saw it I absolutely loved the first half of that movie. It was fantastic. Wow. That was a loaded compliment. <laughs> <laughs> then it kind of peeled off into, I, I just didn't know why it had to go so fantastical. I, mm. I was, but see, I was expecting more of like, you know, the river queen, you know, more of the Maltese Falcon, Casablanca, Indiana Jones. Uh, well, I guess Indiana Jones is fantastical. The guy's face melted off. But um, <laughs> anyway, I digress. So, uh, but it, it was we fun. Do an episode on uh, uh, movies for rides. Yes. Isn't that yeah. Okay. That's coming well, up. Okay. Well, what I was going to just say, and that <laughs> if we're going to do the Jungle Cruise again, I think Jungle Cruise should be uh, anthology like in the sense of it's. Jungle Cruise, but different cast, different location. And I think they should do the Jungle Cruise in Africa with Kevin Hart. Mm -hmm. That would be fun. That would actually be really fun. I love Kevin Hart. I think that's fantastic. I love the idea of it. Tonight, we are here to talk about Fantasyland. And uh, I'm not sure that we'll get all the way through it. We'll see what we get through. But we're going to talk about attractions, what we like, what we don't like, what we run to. And what we run away from, hopefully there aren't any of those, but we'll, we'll talk about it all. But when you first think about fantasy land, Sean Solo, kind of what's your general impression of fantasy land? Big fan. You like it. You could take it or leave it. How are you? Uh, with I, land? I find fantasy land to be a necessity of Disneyland. Uh, I think it's like the heart of the park. I mean, obviously it's, it's like right in the center, but uh, that's where, you know, all the movies, all the rides based on the movies are, at least the classical ones. So mm-hmm. just, uh, you know, when you're walking towards the castle and you see the merry-go-round going in the in through the doorway, I don't know. It's just, it's a magical place over in Fantasyland. Absolutely. Skipper Rob, what's your take on it all? So, um... You know, I've spent more time in Magic Kingdom, but every time I would go back to Disneyland and go to the Fantasyland there, I'd be like, ah, I love this Fantasyland more because they had so many unique rides that aren't anywhere else. That's what I really like about it. Not a lot of Fantasyland has been replicated in other parks around the world. So Disneyland's Fantasyland is fairly unique, and that's why I really like it because so many attractions we're about to talk about aren't anywhere else in the world. Well, I, I agree. And we've talked about this before Skipper Rob, and that's that the Disneyland while, while, while Disney world one ups in almost everything else, Disneyland Fantasyland is so vastly superior over magic kingdom. I mean, vastly 
in that fantasy land and magic in, in magic kingdom barely really has any attractions. You know, it's, it's a pretty sparse land. So uh, Nick at night, what's your take? The thing that I remember the most about fantasy land and part of why I, what speaks to what it is to me is the sword and the stone. Mm. I don't know what it is about that icon. When you walk through the castle and you see it there as a kid, I just loved just pulling on it. And one day maybe I'd be the guy that got the sword out of the stone. And of course, as I got older, I realized how that whole mechanism worked and everything. But that was the fantasy that you were living in the cartoons. And that is fantasy land to me. You are living amongst cartoons. That is awesome. Love it. And for me too. And to me, it really is Disneyland. I mean, this is Disneyland. If you really, everything else, sure. There are things that I may even enjoy more, but when I think about, I mean, I walk through and I almost expect to see Walt sitting there on the bench because that is Disneyland. Everything else was built out from there, but I love it. So let's go and let's take a tour. First of all, did we land on is the Royal theater actually part? It must be <laughs> because Maurice's treats is right in front of it. And Maurice's treats is definitely in fantasy land, uh, but there's the Royal theater and they, I know they've put on smaller shows there. I, I don't remember. My kids have been older for so much longer. Uh, Sean, do you, do you have any experience with the Royal theater? Yeah. So I think they're still doing it, but they do basically these mini plays of different princess stories. Mm. Um, so I've seen like beauty and the beast there. And uh, what's, what's good about that area is if you go see the show, if you wait a little bit, the princess and the characters from that show are there for meet and greet. So that's right. You've talked about that before on your podcast. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Sean's all, right. all about the princesses. I, I love me some princesses. <laughs> I, I, if you were uh, talking about me, I don't know. <laughs> There's two of us here. That's true. <laughs> yeah. I, I got to tell you a really adorable story since we're talking about princesses. This happened in, uh, I think it, I think it may have been Disney world. It may have been Disneyland, but we were there with our, our daughters and sons. And one of my daughters or two of my daughters, I think at the time really wanted all of the autographs and especially the princesses. And my son miles was probably four and just shy and bashful did not want anything to do with it. And uh, so we went up to snow white, my daughter got the autograph and then Snow White turned and said, and who's this? And pointed at Miles. And he got bright red. And she said, come over and see me, Prince Miles. And I said, come on, go take a picture. And I went to take the picture. I said, smile, one, two. And right as I said, three, Snow White kissed him on the cheek. And his eyes got huge. And I grabbed the photos. I have a photo of him bright red with his eyes huge. And Snow White kissing him on the cheek. Oh, I love magic moments like that. So fun. Um, awesome. Are they allowed to do that anymore? That, that type of interaction with not. the guests? <laughs> well, my son had to go to quarantine for two weeks. It kind of ruined our vacation. But, <laughs> but, but otherwise, um, yeah, you know, it was fine. It was worth it. It's about the memories. That's what matters. So, uh, but in that area also, there's Fantasy Fair which uh, Fantasy Fair is the official lineup and wait. And I think that was really smart of Disneyland uh, because the princesses are the kind of number one draw uh, outside of maybe Star Wars and Marvel for, for kids, especially little girls, to want to get uh, autographs. So I think it was smart to put it in one area where, where people could line up. Um, I don't know if any of you have had any experience with that. I mean, I've actually done that. You've done it. it. Yeah, I did it uh, two years ago or three years ago. And uh, it was a fun time because I went with a bunch of adults. And nice. we're like, we just have to do this. Let's just do this experience. And it was such a delight because every around every corner, you're like, huh, look who it is. It's, huh, look who it is. And it's so fun because you're going into each of their rooms and then you're interacting with them. And it's, it's really just fun to see how uh, – how they are so committed to that role, those princesses. And it's just so much fun. And 
And as adults, it was just so cheesy. But I, as a, as an adult, I was like trying to like honor her, like like she was like a real princess instead. That of is goggles. awesome. Like, good to meet you. Yes. Yeah, so, oh, it's so good to be in your royal kingdom. And it's like, oh, you know. And so it's always fun to play off of them. It just like you know the time with your son and uh, was it you and da- Darth Vader or something like that? Like those yes. moments, right? And so I just love that experience. Uh, I think that's so cool. And actually. Rob, you'll appreciate this. I just remembered the Snow White thing was at Akershus uh, restaurant in Epcot. So one of my favorite, ah. favorite places. I love Akershus. Uh, awesome. So from there, let's let's go ahead and let's stick with uh, the princess theme. And speaking of Snow White, you go around the corner, you take the path less traveled because there are almost never people there. And suddenly I'm wishing I can't go very high, Uh, but all of a sudden we get to uh, the Snow White Grotto, one of my favorite places at Disneyland, especially at night. Nick at night, what's uh, what's your thoughts on the uh, the Snow White Grotto? Isn't that where most people try to get engaged at Disneyland? I I did not know that. I've seen you've seen that, too, then. I, oh, I've yeah. seen a lot of people when they do their planned filmed engagement photos seem to pick that spot. I don't know it's, what it it's is. Either they, that or the front of the castle. Those are like the two, yeah. two really big areas. I don't know what, what it is, but now that's what it's kind of become to me. Well, mm. my theory is it's 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 secluded. There's not a lot of traffic there. So if you want to have a more private moment with people without people walking through. Last time I went to Disneyland, I went there intentionally just to experience that. And I was there for my by myself for a good three to five minutes, yeah. just listening to the music and listening to the waterfall and it, just experiencing it. It's As funny as it may seem, I really wanted that moment just by myself and it was fun. A lot of people don't realize it's there. They're yeah. just, uh, there are a lot of people who just, they don't know that it's actually there. I love it. I love going back and just standing there and a little bit of trivia uh, for our listeners. In case you didn't know, it's one of the oldest stories of Disneyland. Does anyone want to share about the sizes of the statues? Sean Solo, you want to take this one? Sure. Yeah. Uh, One of the, uh, one of the stories is that uh, the guy that carved all these carved them all about the same size. So the dwarves are actually the same size as Snow White. So they put her further back and higher up. So you couldn't really tell uh, that they were the same size, a little yeah. kind of forced perspective on that. Definitely. And it, it's funny because once you know that, when you don't know it, the forced perspective works really well you know, because <laughs> it's cascading down. She's up above. And yet once you know it and you start looking at them together, you go, oh yeah, they are all the same size. <laughs> so I, I think it's a wonderful place just to hang out and, be quiet and get engaged. And, you know, I, <laughs> I think it's wonderful. So yeah, pretty nice. So we'll double back around and we will go through the symbol of all of Disneyland. And really to a certain extent for a long time, the symbol of Disney itself, uh, which is the sleeping beauty castle. And do you guys usually try to like take the opportunity to walk into Disneyland into fantasy land through the castle? Oh Yeah. Yeah. Why is that, Nick? (laughs) Setting the mood. It's always good to have a DJ on our show. That song. That's why. Yeah. That song in that castle, it transports you into fantasy land in the most effective way. But it's funny, too, because I just watched. Are you guys watching the um, the new behind the attraction? Yeah, yep. on Disney Plus. So they have a whole thing about all the castles. And so it was kind of cool to go back and that, see, yeah. uh, go back and see some of what they did to make that castle happen. And um, I guess I've been to Hong Kong Disneyland, but I didn't realize that the original castle was supposed to be an exact replica mm-hmm. of the one at Anaheim. I mean, now they've completely blown it up and it's this huge Chinese, you know, spire. But that was such a an iconic piece of Disneyland that, again, how do you walk into Fantasyland and have the same experience without going through the castle? I, I just, it's never the same without it. And to be technically, uh, to be 
technically correct about Hong Kong. They're actually building on top of it. So they just built it up. They didn't True. blow it up. They just they just kind of kept building it. But one thing that I did for the first time last time I went to Disneyland as well, you guys have told me about this. And I, I remember experiencing it as a child, but not remembering it, but going through that walkthrough. Yeah. I, and that was another thing that I was by myself for the majority of the time. And I loved it. Just like those, those moving little dioramas, like you would see, like you made like, or you tried to make an elementary school, but I really enjoyed all just the little turns and corners of things that you just never really experience. I I was at the park with uh, a coworker of mine, which he and I go quite often in the evenings. We would go, we both had annual passes and I, there were like four or five things like one night I said, let's go, let's go see great moments with Mr. Lincoln. He's like, Oh yeah, I've never seen that. You're an annual pass holder. You've been with your family 50 times. He's like, yeah, we just never thought to do it. So one night we were finishing up the park and we, there were like five minutes left and we were walking out and I said, let's just walk through the castle and do the, the castle walkthrough. And he literally goes, the what? <laughs> I said, come on, <laughs> really? You don't know this. So we, we did the castle walkthrough and it's really cool. And I will say that is one thing that they have plussed and plussed and plussed because when I was a kid, there was like almost nothing to see. It was all flat cardboard. And now, boy, just the animations in there and the projections. And Sean, do your kids love uh, love the Sleeping Beauty Castle walkthrough? Uh, so my my girl's never been, uh, well, but uh, my for it all. <laughs> yeah and and my boy uh he was i think three when we took him so yeah i don't think he cared <laughs> to, to be honest i'll, t- I'll um, tell you so. one plus i wish they would do is throw in a little bit of air conditioning that would be yeah. all right because on a hot day <laughs> that's a pretty that's a pretty warm place but it really does sweep you away and takes you into the movie and it's uh it's pretty spectacular so i lost um, my daughter there you lost your daughter? <laughs> yeah, we have kind of a spaz child that we 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 like knew she was going to get lost one day when we were there. And <laughs> and so we're like, so when you get lost, <laughs> find people with the tag on their uh, you know, cast member and, and said find them and they'll find us. And um we lost her at the castle. No mm-hmm. kidding. So yep. where did you end up meeting up? Um actually or did you? <laughs> maybe i don't know we picked some other kid and just took it home um the uh it was still in fantasy land um but it was at that moment where we were just walking around we're like yep she's gone <laughs> let's find her and uh so th- th- that's not the greatest of memories but it was also something we kind of expected like i said so i a funny castle memory that i have that i actually got to experience uh with sean actually i think i was just on video uh with you guys maybe i was doing a facebook live for board on the main street but uh, we have often talked about if you go into the middle of the castle there's a, a little metal round disc right in the middle of it and somehow it has gained traction throughout the world <laughs> that that is the exact center of disneyland and that that marked the center which is hilarious if you look at a map. If you look at an actual map, you realize, yeah, there is no way. It is not the center of Disneyland. And so Sean and Brian on Word on the Main Street podcast had talked about it many times. I was there. And so I'm doing a Facebook Live. And I said, hey, last week, the guys were talking about this. Here's the disc itself. And while I'm recording, a guy comes up and goes, yep, that's the dead center of Disneyland. <laughs> And I had to say, uh, sir, that's exactly what we're talking about. Please stop false, uh, like spreading false rumors because it is definitely not. But people take pictures there all the time. And who am I to ruin their their dreams? So that guy sounded just like uh, the guy who does that's the wildest ride on the wilderness. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this voice. here's the center of Disneyland. They have like a prospector beard and everything. Yeah, I thought that was really strange. Overalls. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was also weird. So, uh, Sean, what did you think of the uh, the new roof on the castle? Oh, it looked so good. Uh, just, I don't know. Seeing that castle for the first time after they redid it, it just, uh, I don't know. There was an, an emotion inside me. 
uh, it just seemed renewed and uh, more more vibrant. And it's, I think it's a lot more magical uh, than it was before. Yeah, I think it's absolutely beautiful. They did, and that was, and this I might be passing false lore, but my understanding is that was Kim <laughs> Irvine. That she's the one who really, really pushed for this. Uh, yeah, sh- yeah, and she, shimmering design. She mentioned, she mentioned that uh, they were taking it back to like its original look. I yep. think, I think the the blue was not the original look, but what they did with the paint job uh, on the castle yep. made it look a little bit more like it did on opening day. Yeah, I thought um, it was black and white. <laughs> Yeah, all from the all the pictures I've seen of it on opening day with black and white. So. <laughs> oh, Nick, well played. Well played. Uh, Skipper Rob, when being a Disney World guy first, uh, is your first thought every time you see the Sleeping Beauty Castle, my goodness, that is small? Yes. <laughs> yes, every time. You're just like, oh, man, this thing is so small. And also the thing that really irks me is that it's Sleeping Beauty. I always thought it was Snow White's castle because mm. there's the well next to it. And so when everyone's like, oh, no, that's actually Sleeping Beauty's castle. I'm like, what? Well, no, no, that's sleep, sleep, Snow White's. And so, and the thing is, I didn't have sisters. I didn't grow up watching the the princess movies. So I always thought it was Snow White's castle. And so, <laughs> yeah, you got to watch those go. episodes, man. The, the episode on the castles has some good okay. stuff. Yeah, I just always, you know, I grew up, being a Disneyland guy and we went to Disney world a few times, but I never thought of it as being small. And then as I got older, it took my family to Disney world, you know, every year, every couple of years, and I'd get back to Disneyland and go, this thing is tiny. Like it is a small castle. And actually I don't know Nick, cause I haven't watched um, the series, but I don't know if they talk about it, but they've been in kind of a quandary because they could build up. And you've got one camp who's like, hey, why is the castle so small? Build it up. But you've also got the other camp going, no, this is Walt's original vision. Don't touch it. So I don't think you could make anybody happy by adjusting it. It's not Walt's original vision. It's what Walt could get. So I think the argument is is that, hey, let's build what Walt wanted. Because, But my, my personal thought is this is the original. You probably should leave the original in its basic form. I mean, obviously you can repaint it. You could do some things to touch it up, but I'm, I'm kind of of the camp of, I would, I would leave this one alone. You have opportunities in other parks as they've done to build the castles into something else to make them unique for each park. And I love that. I think that that's pretty great. So if it you is were a one- small castle after all, <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Uh, if you were to really want to ruin the castle, I mean, if you just wanted to make it just so repulsive, what if you built like a giant birthday cake around the castle itself? <laughs> oh, I was thinking you were in the direction of like putting, uh, th- uh, thorns and needles and then a dragon. Oh, that would actually be kind of cool and true. Wouldn't it be? Have yeah. you guys seen, have you guys seen the, uh, what, what birthday was that? Sean, do you remember? That was, I want to say yeah, 20, that was Walt Disney World. Yeah. I believe it was maybe their wasn't it the twenty fifth? Was maybe it? It was the twenty fifth or thirtieth. They're about to celebrate fifty. Fifty, yeah. So I bet I, it was thirtieth. I, I bet it was about twenty years ago. That was the worst thing ever in the history <laughs> of ever's. It was the twenty fifth anniversary of Walt 25th. Disney World, <laughs> and it looks like if you ever played the game Candyland. They took the castle and they turned it into Candyland, and it was so bad, in my opinion. It was just terrible to do that to the Cinderella castle. Does anyone want to argue that and say no? It was a wonderful idea. Um, Not familiar enough. Okay, idea for a, a little while, but I think it lasted for a couple of years. Yeah. Oh, was, so that picture that is atrocious. <laughs> yeah, it's hideous, right? Oh my gosh. That's a terrible idea. Yeah. I, I just shared the picture with the rest of the team here. Yeah, it's it was bad. And thank heavens they didn't do that to our beloved Disneyland. Boy, Candyland is about right though. I mean, they nailed it, but the problem is, is 
that's not what the castle is. Like if that had been built somewhere else and that's what it was, you'd be like, that's pretty cool. But because you're covering up something else that was majestic and amazing and a huge accomplishment, it's like, wow, that's like graffiti. Yeah. What they were trying to say was it's the 25th birthday. This is the birthday cake. So they're saying this is our 25th birthday cake. Yeah. No, it was really, really bad. Uh, All right. Well, let's continue on through the park as we stroll through. We get done with the castle. Has anyone here ever had the pleasure, the absolute pleasure to drop several hundred dollars at the Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique? No. No, me neither. If you're uh, out there listening, you can comment on our social media. I'd We'd love to have someone on who's done the Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique. Uh, it came out after my daughters were older, and so I've not done it. But my understanding is you spend a ridiculous amount of money, and then they basically give you a makeover to turn you into the princess of your choice. So I don't have a lot of other info. If none of you guys have anything on it, I believe we should move forward. I think it's a great idea. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Marketing wise, it's phenomenal. Like what else could you do it? The most perfect place to do that. Yeah. Yeah. That would be awesome. All right. So we go walking through and suddenly we're out in the courtyard and we may as well address uh, what was actually addressing? maybe we should ask because anybody stayed in the castle. <laughs> no. All right. Wasn't sure. <laughs> you can stay in the castle at in uh, Magic Kingdom. Yes. Uh, and they did this thing where they would pick random families during the year of a year of a million or dreams or whatever. Yeah. Dreams. Yeah. And they would pick random families to stay in the, the castle. Yeah. Yeah, I think they did that here. Yeah, they did it here, but it was in the dream suite. I thought they didn't do it at the castle. I thought they did, but I could be totally wrong, but I don't even think there's an apartment in the castle. I could be wrong on that, but I know that (laughs) I know the dream suite they've dream suite. Yeah. And which uh, used to be the uh, gallery, but yeah. Mm -hmm. So as we go through uh, right up in front of us, Sword in the stone. Has anyone ever been able in this group been able to remove the sword or have you seen the sword removed? They used to have a show where they would remove it. Yeah. They would pick like a kid, right? To come up and take it out. They'd pick three or four men to come up and embarrass themselves (laughs) first. And then everyone would mock them mercilessly. And then a little (laughs) kid would walk up and would pull the sword out. So I wonder, they've got a strong mechanism in there. I wonder if it ever got broken. Like if someone just pulled so hard, you know, that if it I ever certainly tried, I never succeeded. I'm yeah. not worthy. And now at almost 50, my back is hurting just thinking about trying to pull the sword out of the stone. So maybe if I take in my uh, honorary citizen button, be like, can I get the stone now? Can I get the sword out, <laughs> please? They'd probably still say no. All right, let's make our way over to our first actual attraction, a true attraction. Now, gosh, I almost said Snow White's Scary Adventures, but it's not scary. It's Snow White's Enchanted Wish. That's the first Uh, attraction we're going to go to. And let's see, since it's changed over, I've been on it. Rob, you've been on it. Sean and Nick, you guys have not since it changed over, right? Nope. All right, so we can talk about Snow White, and we can talk about the new and the old. Um, what? First of all, Rob, do you have a preference as to the new versus the old? I like the new, um, and I think we've talked about this before, where the original concept of Snow White's scary adventure was we never saw Snow White because we were going through the perspective of Snow White. Yeah. Walt wanted you to be a part of the story. But people didn't get that concept. And so they uh, later on, I don't know when, but they finally put Snow White into the story. And so going to the renovation or the revamped version, it works great. Um, I can't remember all the nuances of it, but I I really enjoyed going on it. Uh, yeah. And I think they had a cup, they had a new show scene, I think, towards the end. I think it's a more complete story. And I wish they would do that with Pinocchio. And we can talk about that in a minute. And I wish they would do it with the Little Mermaid as well. 
yeah, all of these rides, you're kind of like right in the middle of it. And then all of a sudden there's a weird end scene and you're out. So, yeah. Uh, Sean Solo, what do you love about uh, Snow White? You can address it as the, because I mean, it's still the same attraction and there are, I mean, it's 80% the same though. I do think they fix some problems with it, but uh, what's your, uh, what's your take on Snow White? I liked the fact that it was a scary attraction. Uh, you you probably all know me uh, and my love of the creepy of <laughs> Disneyland, but uh, I liked that. I have seen video of the new one and I'm impressed with it, but uh, yeah. it is such a classic attraction for me, especially because that was the first full length animated feature that Walt ever did. Um so for, for me, that attraction screams Walt and it's, it's just a fun little ride. Yeah. It's good times. Nick, how about you? My favorite part of the ride was outside and above the opening door. Mm. The, the presence of a character that's kind of looming, you know, yeah. just right over the top. I loved that feature. Even as a kid, as an adult, I just think it's one of the examples of where Disney goes we're just not going to make this face to the ride. We're going to put these little details that bring you in and that change it from just being a a regular ride to making it a Disney ride. And not that the other parts of it weren't great, um, but that particular element, I don't know that there's too many uh, similar ideas in other rides that I can think of. Uh, Dracula's castle uh, at Lagoon, they have Dracula looking out the window. <laughs> ah, yeah. All right. I stand correct. <laughs> I have lived in Utah for 27 years. Still never been to Lagoon. Really? What? Join me, Sean. Join me. <laughs> I need to go sometime. Uh, yeah. The evil queen looking out is one of those little things that when you catch it and yes. I still, you know, as an adult, I still get creeped out when I look up and uh, yeah. the curtain gets pulled back and there's the evil queen. Yeah, I, that's part of it, right? The curtain is what makes yeah. the reveal like even more real. Like, whoa, what was there was something behind there the whole time? Yeah, yeah, I I think it's super cool. I love this attraction. It was really interesting. It shows how much we just love the new because here, you know, Snow White was uh, the Scary Adventures was one of the original attractions. Um, yeah. Of course, it was too scary when so it went through a few makeovers because when it first came out kids were running out of there crying and screaming. And, you know, you think about 1955 technology, you know, they didn't have iPads and 3d things jumping out at them or whatever. So this was like very scary. And also, you know, animatronics and figurines were new. So people literally thought there were actors or, you know, people in there out to get them. And, and it was really frightening. I tend to like the frightening, although the updates are fantastic and it really makes the ride come together. I think they just did a fantastic job. So if there is nothing else on snow white, we will go, we will go to what is, if you are ever in fantasy land and just don't feel like waiting in line, but you want to get on an attraction and that is Pinocchio's daring journey. Pinocchio. One of the, in my opinion, more underrated attractions I think it's a blast. I absolutely love it. Uh, Nick at night, what do you think of this attraction? This is another one where a, a lot like Peter Pan, this one is where you feel more so that you are riding through the cartoon. Yeah. And the, the animated feature, sorry. Um, <laughs> but the, the idea of... <clears throat> Nick, I just muted you and put you in the penalty box for calling it a cartoon. (laughs) (laughs) Muted. All right, go ahead and unmute. (laughs) All right, sorry. I corrected myself. Um, That's why I unmuted you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The idea that you could almost reach out and touch them. You know, it feels you're so close. Whereas with Snow White and some of the other ones, you're going through it so much faster. This one, you feel more like you're riding through the story and you can reach out and grab it. It, it is. Go quick. That's, that's a really, really good description of it. Rob, you love this ride? Yeah. Um, I think Snow White's ride cart is about the same. I think it's those two rows and it's like wooden. 
is it or is it different? I can't remember, but I just love those ride vehicles. I just love those old school like wooden vehicles. You step into it and you yeah. feel the texture of it. But what this ride really needs is you got that monstro scene, right? At the very, very end. Monstro yeah. comes out and it, he just kind of goes like this. Ah, and just comes out and then goes mm-hmm. back, right? And then the next scene is you going through this Italian village. It's just so dumb. And it, and you hear Jiminy Cricket going, almost there, right? <laughs> what that scene needs to be is you're now in the mouth. You're in Monstro's stomach, mm. right? And so you see a, a sunken ship, and then you see uh, Pinocchio and Geppetto going, uh, they're building a fire. And then you get spit out, and then you, you come into that final scene. Uh. So that would even just be just that one scene that you should be inside Monstro, and then they're building the fire, and then you, you end up out. Anyway, that would just I be like my that. only change with that. Yeah, I actually think that's a really good idea. That would be awesome. Sean Solo, you a big fan of uh, Pinocchio's Daring Journey? I am a big fan of Pinocchio. Uh, another one that I think is just frightening to children. <laughs> I think there's a few attractions in Fantasyland that are just terrifying and for little kids. They should be, yeah. yeah. These stories the, the should scare tales. kids. <laughs> That's what they were for, the but, Brothers Grimm. They wrote the, right? the scary fairy tales, yeah. It teaches the kids something. But yeah, uh, Pinocchio is one of my favorite older movies um and i like rob's idea i think that's pretty awesome i think you could up it with maybe like some trackless vehicles so when you get shot out of the whale you like spin around anyway (laughs) um but yeah uh, i think it's definitely underrated like you had mentioned um but it's it's one that i love and uh, i'll never get I'll never get sick of getting trapped in a crate by uh, the creepy guy that that collects children and turns them into donkeys, but uh, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, it is. It is so much fun. And I agree that it is, to me, outside of Alice in Wonderland, it is the most ride a movie ride. Like it is, you're, you're just there. There's something about the glow effect with a black light. When you get the day glow paint and the black light that it feels like you are in a cartoon and I just love it. And it is dark and I hope they never change that. I hope they keep it true to the film. The film's scary. It's a scary movie. Yep. So I'm all, I'm all for it. I cannot remember. I don't want to overshare if I have shared this before, but did I share the story about how I ended up (laughs) next to a girl in seventh grade that I really didn't like? You've shared it with me. I don't know if you've shared it on the show. (laughs) Share it again. All right. So this is, this is great. I was in seventh grade and there was a girl named Stacy who apparently liked me and I did not like her. And so she came up to me and she's like, Hey, I heard you were going to be at Disneyland next week with your family. I said, yes. And she was like, Oh, so, so am I, my family and I are also going to be there. And I was like, Oh no, I do not want to spend any time with this girl. Not that I disliked her. Like she was a fine, nice person. But she liked me, liked me in seventh grade, and I didn't like, like her. And so anyway, she's like, so where are you guys staying? I said, well, where are you staying? She said, we're staying at the Hilton. And we were staying at the Hilton. And I went, oh, no. So I told her I was staying at the Hyatt and uh, totally lied to her. So the first morning that we're going to Disneyland, we get down into the lobby. And my, I guess my mom kind of knew her mom because we went to school together. And all of a sudden I hear Sean. I look over there, Stacy and her family. And she's like, you told me you were staying at the Hyatt. I was like, no, I thought you said you were staying at the Hyatt something. So then our moms get this brilliant idea. Hey, why don't we meet up at, you know, 11 o'clock somewhere, whatever. So we go to the park and I'm like, mom, dad, I do not want to hang out with Stacy. And they're like, oh, it'll be fine. So then we get there. And then for some reason, my parents and her parents were like, Hey, Sean and Stacy, why don't you guys just go ride rides for a couple of hours? We'll meet you at Space Mountain. And I'm looking at my parents like, what are you doing? No. So we did, though. We took off. And, you know, every time standing in line, she'd kind of be leaning on me. And it was just it was a miserable time. So then we decided to go on Pinocchio's Daring Journey. And uh, she was joking about how 
I said, well, do you want to sit in the front or the back? She goes, oh, we should sit together. We should sit in the back seat. It'd be fun to be in the back seat. Seventh grade. Okay, come on. Settle down. So we sit in the back and she starts making jokes right away about, ooh, you know what happens in the back seat. And she's like trying to hold my hand and stuff. And I was just not having it. And then you go to the point where all of a sudden you're going into Pleasure Island you know, and then Pleasure Island's destroyed and everything. And she looks at me with this goofy but serious look. She looks at me and goes, we're in the back seat at Pleasure Island. <laughs> and it was such a creepy, stupid, weird time. And I swear to you that I was, what, 13 or 14 at the time. Every time I go through Pinocchio's daring journey, all I can see is Stacy's stupid face going, we're in the back seat in Pleasure Island. So <laughs> that was, I mean, that was like 35, 38 years ago. And I still remember it. So it's too bad. You didn't go with Stacy's mom. She's <laughs> going on. Does have it going on. Uh, I will just say that uh, uh, unless it is a really annoying voice and really bad sweaters, Stacy's mom does not have it going on. So, cause there I still go. remember her mom as well. So there is that. It's not exactly a romantic ride <laughs> of all the rides to try and get all smoochy on. I wouldn't have picked but it's Pinocchio. Scary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was, that was one heck of a memory. So. All right, so from Pinocchio's Daring Journey, uh, we'll continue just kind of around the corner and work all, work our way around. Uh, there's a little shop there called Royal Reception now. And as we work our way through, this brings us over to the Red Rose Tavern. Now, I'm going to tell you guys, I have a hard time calling it the Red Rose Tavern because to me, it will always be the Pinocchio Village House. Agreed. Why is it? Why? Why? And this was supposed to be temporary when they released the live action version of Beauty and the Beast. They said temporarily it's the Red Rose Tavern. Now it's been that way for so long that it's just officially changed. So um, let's see, Nick, have you ever eaten at the uh, Red Rose Tavern or Pinocchio Village House? I actually have eaten at both versions and I cannot, I'm with you. I can't get past it. It looks too much like Pinocchio. And I just, I mean, it's, it's nice. The little additions they have are nice. It's not like they did a garbage job with it, but to me, it's just too historical as being what it was that it's hard for me to embrace that change because there, it wasn't enough of a change. I could not agree more. Sean, what's your take? Uh, I haven't been there since uh, they changed it over to Red Rose Tavern, but I hear the gray stuff is delicious. So, <laughs> And actually, there I've had go. the gray stuff. It is delicious. <laughs> Rob, do you have a particular affinity to one way or the other, Red Rose versus uh, Pinocchio Village House? I am indifferent. Um, I think I've been to Red Rose, and it's fine. Yeah. I don't have a nostalgia for the other one, so... I am fine with whatever they got, as long as the gray stuff is there. So so one of the things I just realized, they have a breakfast menu there now. I've never had breakfast there, but they have the Beast's Breakfast Burger, which is a third pound <laughs> Angus patty, bacon orange marmalade, an egg, a potato patty, and arugula on a toasted bun. I am going there for breakfast next time I'm there. That sounds amazing. But they is have it, a breakfast platter. What's is it one hundred percent beast meat <laughs> on That's that true. burger? If it's beast's breakfast burger. <laughs> yeah, that sounds almost a little too. Uh, some roast beast. Roast. Yeah, that's that's a little bit odd. Would they serve Sebastian <laughs> in a restaurant? Well, I actually in Tokyo they have this whole like Little Mermaid section. And they served seafood pizza there. So yeah, but they yeah. didn't call it Sebastian pizza. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Sebastian and flounder. So we actually go here quite a bit because especially when I go with one of my daughters who uh, she has, she will eat a wide variety of foods from pasta to pizza. That's it. That's all she'll eat. Pasta or pizza. <laughs> That's really it. Or grilled cheese occasionally. 
but they have uh, flatbreads here and then they have a, a chicken chop salad that I really enjoy here. So it's good, but I mean, for crying out loud, it was so good as Pinocchio Village House. So I get why they did it. Beauty and the Beast has more attraction to modern audiences than Pinocchio. Pinocchio is either going to get remade live action in the next 10 years or it will fade because it doesn't capture the new generation anymore. It's it's not their type of uh, animated feature. Yes. I heard uh, the penalty box. I heard Tim Burton was supposed to be doing Pinocchio. That wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, I wonder if Johnny Depp will be in it. Um, (laughs) Maybe. Danny Elfman. (laughs) I wonder if Danny Elfman will do the music for it. So the, um, yeah, did you ever see the Drew Carey version of Pinocchio? (laughs) I avoided it. There's a new one out, though. uh, I really want to see it. It's, uh, is it Roberto Benigni uh, from Italy? He did one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that came out a few years ago. Have you seen that? No, I want to see it. I think it came out two years ago. Yeah. Yeah, I did not see that one. It seems like people keep trying it and it just doesn't seem to work. But uh, no, I I actually think it would be cool. I mean, I think it would be great if they would remake it. Yeah, if they would breathe some new life into some of these things. But, you know, who knows? So, well, should we move on over to what I think is one of the more underrated attractions? Once again, the Casey Jr. Circus Train. Has everybody been on the Casey Jr. Circus Train? Been a while, but yes. <laughs> Hi there, all you wild animals. I'm Dumbo's friend, Timothy. Anyway, yes, I actually really enjoy it. Um, and I love the music, and I love it when you start going. And that's when you're going up the hill, right? Yeah. And then the music goes. As weird as it may seem, I love that song, Casey Jr. And I'm singing that song, and then you get to choose. Like, I want to be a monkey. I want to be in this cage. Or I'm going to be a lion. Like, and you can play around with the little kids. And I don't have little kids, so I live vicariously through other people's kids. And then they look <laughs> at me like this weirdo. But I love it so much. It's such a just a silly little ride, but I love the music. And so another affinity I have to it, uh, just to uh, dominate this whole discussion. But uh, when I worked at (laughs) when I worked at the Magic MGM Studios, I was the guy who was on the back of the tram spieling, right? And I would do that. I would go, like Casey Junior going around the bend on the tram, and I would sing that song when I was spieling on the tram, and I was like, I think I can. Anyway, I. I just love it. I just it's just a silly little ride, but it's such a fun little silly ride. I I love this attraction and one of my favorite favorite memories of it was uh when one of my little kids, when one of my sons was 3 or 4 years old, learning that I am far too large to be inside the cage one. Uh oh. I did it. I squeezed in with him cuz that's where <laughs> he wanted to go. But it was like an elephant in a monkey's cage. It was, it was so small and I was so cramped. Uh, but also the last time I went on it, which was probably three years ago, you know what I realized the main thing that you see when you're on the Casey Jr. Circus train is the storybook land canal boats. <laughs> like that's the number one. Every, everywhere you go, all you really see is the canal boats. So they're kind of sister attractions. Uh, Sean, you enjoy the Casey Jr. Circus Train? Uh, I also haven't been on it in a long time, but if I remember right, it it goes it goes at a pretty good speed for a, a little kid's train ride. I feel like without I don't I don't know if that's just something I imagined, but uh, it moves. I swear I remember it being a, a pretty quick moving train. There, yeah, it's pretty good. And oh, here's the other thing I forgot to talk about. They do such a good job with the horticulture. Is that the word? Like, yeah. Nice. If you look at the surrounding, like they they take like those those plants that look like artichokes, and then they they do these designs and like the flowers. It's just so cool how they do the horticulture. So next time you go on it, also look at all the different designs that they create around that part. 
Yeah. Also, if you are on that ride and trying to pick up chicks, use the word horticulture because you sound <laughs> so impressive, Rob. Seriously, like I would have said they have neat plants. <laughs> so the, the fact that the fact that you have impressive horticulture is shows off your own culture. And I seriously, I'm giving you mad props, Rob. They're that pretty. Was, the girl understands the word horticulture because she's like, "Are you calling me a whore in culture?" And you're like, "No, no, 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 horticulture." Who are you calling a horticulture? <laughs> yes, yeah, it really is. And they they put in some nice little twists and turns, you know. And you go through the little cavern, which is fun. You get to go over bridges. It's it's a yep. cool attraction. Nick, uh, any closing thoughts on the Casey Junior Circus Train? Does anybody else feel like this is what Walt's backyard would have looked like? Yes. Well, it kind of did. Yeah. <laughs> I did, mean, yeah. it, until it fell over. Um, yeah, I mean, that's a kind of a famous story. He had the train running through his his backyard and took a took a corner just a little bit too fast and <laughs> flipped over. And but yeah, I mean, that was his thing. In fact, Sean uh, Solo, you being our, I would say, our resident Disneyland historian. Um, <laughs> I don't know about that, but. No, you've, I think you, I think you are, um, but you, uh, there was never that I can remember ever seeing a plan for, uh, a plan for Disneyland without a train. I mean, it was always there, right? Yeah. Yeah. As far as the original. Yep. Uh, I think there was always a train. There was always, uh, there was always a haunted house, which I thought was kind of cool, but that's a, another discussion for another time, but uh, I yeah, just there's wanted some to make sure that, that we always there. I, I'm relieved. I was terrified we were going to get through an episode without you getting to talk about the haunted mansion. So. <laughs> no, no, thank heavens. I, no, I have to. Yeah, I kid. I kid. I kid. I found the opportunity and I slipped it in there. Yes. So yeah, I think that the 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 train uh, that both. Well, yeah. I mean, but it's kind of neat that there are two trains. You know, um, it's impressive though that they did not go with the. You have the Disneyland Railroad that they didn't call this the Midget Railroad, <laughs> the way that <laughs> Midget Autopia, <laughs> the way that they used to have Autopia and Midget Autopia, which really? Uh, oh yes, yeah. yeah, Rob. They used to have so they had two Autopias. They had the one for kind of bigger kids, and then they had a really little kid one that was literally called Midget Autopia. <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. that is so un PC. Oh my gosh, so yes. <laughs> Little yes. people, Autopia. Yes. Yeah. That yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you were to change it today, just to make it, just to make it politically correct, <laughs> it would have to be um, midget Opia. electric, midget electric Autopia to be politically <laughs> correct. So that way people don't get all offended and up in arms. So, but I digress. So, all right, we're going to leave the land of Casey Jr. and his circus train and we are going to go to the attraction that every parent loves, dreads, dreads, loves, loves, and dreads. It is Dumbo the Flying Elephant. Oh. Who wants to go first with your thoughts on Dumbo the Flying Elephant? Uh, I'll go first. I it, I never care to go on it. Like, it's just, I skip it every time. It's just every a park has a spinning ride like that. And it's just like, I know it's OG. Like the only time I, the last time I went on it was at Magic Kingdom. Uh, if you've been to the Magic Kingdom one, now they have two. Yeah, they have Aladdin's carpet as like well. This, yeah, and then you also. Oh yeah, they have, Kingdom, they have two of the rings. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they have two of the rings and then they have like a little circus tent that you go into. So it's kind of a more entertaining queue. But at Disneyland, it's a skip it for me every time. Yeah. Yeah, they but they also do have another full one, which is Aladdin's carpets in uh in Magic Kingdom as well. Yeah, it's it's this one's a pretty easy skip unless you've got little kids. Nick, did you get suckered into having to stand in line for Dumbo the Flying Elephant with your kids? Yeah, when they were like five. Yeah. Um, because part of it is that they felt like, oh, I get to control it. That was like a real big thing for them. For me, I didn't mind the ride cue because I love the calliope. There's mm. something about the sound of it that sucks you into the Dumbo theme. And that part, I guess, carries me through the otherwise, I don't know, 
lackluster ride experience. Um, I mean, for what it is, I think they've made it the best they can. Yeah. And, and, and in fairness, it is an original 1955 ride. I mean, it's one of the originals and you don't mess with the original. Uh, Sean, have you been on this recently? Uh, not recently. And I don't know. I'm not big into like these just going around in a circle type attractions. They've got Astro Orbiter uh, in, in Tomorrowland. That's the exact same thing. It it just the weight doesn't. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's not Merit. worth the weight. Yeah, you know. Uh, I know they updated the queue, so it's not as in the sun as it used to be. Um, but I'm with Nick. I, I really like that uh, musical piece that they have in there. Um, but other than that, I don't really care about it too much. Yeah, the musical piece is great. It's the history of it is awesome. You know, when I stop and actually look at the ride vehicle, I do get the all the feels. I do get all the emotions, the music. Like, it's funny because I like everything about the ride except for the ride. Like, I, <laughs> I love the ride vehicles, the music. I love seeing the mouse on top. Um, you know, I just I love everything about it. It was when my kids were little, they didn't have the shade that they have now, which why not? I mean, I think they had to run down to Walmart and get a $79 Ozark trail <laughs> pop-up tent to protect everybody. But I mean, that's about what it took, but you would stand out in that baking sun. And, you know, one of the things that they're focused on now, which is wise is the efficiencies. Is there a less efficient ride? There are six ride vehicles on Dumbo, the flying elephant. So you can move a maximum of about 12 people, maybe every several minutes. I mean, it's like some, and that's the problem you get sucked into, Hey, that doesn't look too bad. Then you start realizing it's not an Omni mover. It's, it's going to take a while. So I do love it. I don't want them to move it. I just may have ridden it for the last time. That's all I'll say about it. I don't feel like, Oh yeah, I really need to go on Dumbo the Flying Elephant. So, but again, the 1955 rides, I think you just don't mess with them. So that's my take on it. We have worked our way halfway around Fantasyland, guys, and we're about at that time. I think it's a good time for us to wrap things up and uh, we will do a part two where we explore the other half, the better half of fantasy land that's coming up, but, uh, but any, any closing thoughts on today or on anything that we've covered? Does anybody have a favorite that they're now just dying to get back and, and go? I'm excited uh, to take my wife through the castle. We are going to Disneyland in two weeks for her birthday and our anniversary. Nice. I got married uh, the day after her birthday. So, my hope is to maybe hold her hand or uh, we do this stupid thing. Okay, I think I've talked to you guys about this. There's this stupid movie on Disney Plus called Mr. Boogity. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Love so it. You've talked about that. Yeah. Made for TV movie. And so we always hide around corners in our home and we go, Boogity. <laughs> and I hope I can do that to her. We take her into that castle and I go, Boogity, and scare her. I don't think I'll be able to do it, but I'm excited to go there next time. Yeah, that's really, really funny. Uh, what is your anniversary? What day is it? Uh, it's the 21st day of September. Do you remember? Ah, uh, yes. 21st day of September. My anniversary is the 17th of September, so we're right there with you. Uh, I am going to Disneyland on uh, the weekend of October 10th. I will be there. So if any of our listeners are going to be there, I saw a window, and uh, much like my friend Skipper Rob, I also got a magic key, which I guess we could have talked about in this episode. We talked about talking about it in this episode, but I was able to get uh, a magic key, much like my friend Rob here. And so I am taking my son Keaton. I have said it before and I'll say it again. I hate Halloween. It is my least favorite holiday. It's my least favorite time of the year. I know, especially for Rob and Sean, this is horribly crushing because both of you our big Halloween fans. I so love Halloween at Disneyland. 
It is oh, one yeah. of my favorite things in the world. Uh, Sean, you and I have been there for the Halloween party, but uh, I love Disneyland at Halloween, but it is the only part of Halloween. Well, that's not true. I love seeing little kids in cute costumes trick-or-treating. So, But otherwise, so we didn't want to miss out on seeing some Halloween. So we're doing the quick, we're flying out on Friday night, getting in super late, spending Saturday at Disneyland Park. And then Sunday at uh, California Adventure, only until five o'clock, and then catching an Uber back to the airport and flying home Sunday night. So it's going to be a quick one, but super excited to see. I, I feel like it's not Halloween for me until I see Haunted Mansion Halloween, the overlay. I have to see the overlay. When do they do that? Do you know? Uh, it opens next week, right, Sean? Uh, it actually opens in two days, September 3rd. Yes, and we're also staying at the Disneyland Hotel for the first time, so I'm excited about that. Oh, man. I So I've been very blessed. I probably stayed there six times, maybe seven times, and it is my favorite. I've stayed at California Advent or Grand Californian many times, and That's I have it. stayed at uh, Paradise Pier once. That was one time too many, at least back then. <laughs> but uh, Disneyland Hotel is my favorite. The history there. And just the magic that they put in the rooms is unbelievable. So, is there a certain tower that you like more than others? Uh, no, we've stayed in we've stayed in all what three of the towers there. I'll tell you, the pool is phenomenal, and the restaurant right there. And just wander around, take your time, and it's it's a pretty awesome experience. So, we're staying two nights so we can enjoy the the hotel, and you can get into Disneyland Park a half hour early now. From staying at the hotel. They just announced that uh, now through Thanksgiving, if you stay at any of the Disneyland hotels, you can get into either of the parks 30 minutes early. So That's awesome. I know the monorail is still closed though, right? Um, Sean, you're the one who would know this. I keep going Yeah, here. Yeah, it's still closed, but they were actually testing it a couple days ago. So who knows? Might be up by the time you go. Oh, I love the monorail. I love it. I love the monorail. Guys, this has been absolutely fantastic. Uh, just as a reminder, uh, Sean Solo, tell us how everyone can find Word on the Main Street podcast. Yeah, you can uh, definitely find our show wherever fine podcasts are sold. And by that, I mean for free uh, on like Apple Music, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Player FM, TuneIn, Google Podcasts. I don't know what it's called anymore, but uh, we're on Spotify now, which is pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, we're also on social media. So go uh, follow us on Instagram. We would uh, love your presence there. And Sean, every once in a while, I just think I know so much Disney trivia. I wish I could put my <laughs> knowledge of Disney trivia to good use. Do you know of any way I can do that? Uh, well, I'm glad you mentioned that, Sean. Uh, we have teamed up with Rob here uh, and we're going to be doing a trivia game show uh saturday september 18th at fanex in salt lake at uh what is it one o'clock rob <laughs> is that what i told you I it was noon at noon, <laughs> noon. Yeah, yeah so uh noon o'clock uh we will be doing some trivia game show goodness so come win some prizes and uh, if you have kids we actually were asked to do a, a kids trivia on friday um so bring the kids we'll, we'll have some things to give out for them awesome. as well and sean no disney trips planned at the moment uh actually uh now that you guys are all talking about your trips i like uh, the actually <laughs> let's hear this uh so we we booked uh, a trip uh for our family uh and my parents and uh we're it is top secret so if you see my kids don't mention it uh we're we're gonna <laughs> actually tell them the day of uh, when we fly out so that'll be in may so it's still <laughs> so it's still some time away but uh Boy, that scared it's, me to death that sound. <laughs> it's basically for our anniversary uh as well sorry i missed it when are you going uh first week in may first week in for may. the anniversary yeah and may 5th that's my anniversary may 5th yeah i'm may 4th star wars day of course you are nice of course <laughs> Well, that is just awesome. 
and then Nick, any, any projects you want to alert us to that you want people to follow? No, I am no. trying to not have projects right yeah. now. My life has got way too much going. Nick and I have had long discussions about him shedding off uh, projects. Any, you just got back from Disneyland, any future trips coming up? I am anxiously awaiting the day that Hong Kong will allow us to go back and I can fly with my wife to go spend a day at Hong Kong Disney amongst other things in Hong Kong. But nice. I want to go there uh, in hopes that um, it's still somewhat like it was a couple of years ago. I, I don't know how much life will change in Hong Kong over the coming years. And I want to get as much of it as, as it is as possible. Beautiful. Rob, everyone wants to follow you in addition to going to your game show with Sean at Fanex, which by the way, if you're out of state and you don't know Fanex, it's basically like Comic-Con, you know, a bunch of people yeah. come, you take photos with them and whatnot. But Rob, other than emceeing that, if people want to follow you, what's the best way to do that? Follow me on Instagram. You'll be able to see my shenanigans there at Rob Foray. And I will guarantee my first ride that I'll go on, I still haven't been on it, is the new revamped Jungle Cruise at Disneyland. So follow that when I go. That'll be awesome. I have not been back on it since it changed yet either because it was not open when I went in June. As I mentioned, I will be there definitely October 10th that weekend. And then also, I think I mentioned to all of you guys, uh, we are getting on an airplane, assuming the world lets us. We are getting on an airplane on Christmas Day. My wife, my son, and I are flying out to Paris. And on Wednesday of that week, we are going to Disneyland Paris. We're going to try to hit both parks. Uh, I understand that if you slip some cash through the app, that you can get on rides a little bit quicker these days. (laughs) So I, I did the math. I think I figured out that the most it could cost if you paid for every one of the rides was like uh, $120 a person or $130 a person or something like that. So, well, look, if you have to do that in order to get through both parks in a day, I'll be doing that. So uh, we just want to thank all of our listeners. Thank you so much. If you enjoy the show, if you could go on, give us a review on Apple Podcasts. I promise we're going to get more consistent again. Summer just kind of fell apart for us, but we're glad to be back. We're glad you're listening. Uh, if you would, if you enjoy this and it makes you feel all the feels and all the magic and joy that is Disneyland, if you could share this on social media or share it with a friend who also loves Disneyland, we would love you for it. So on behalf of Sean Solo, of Nick at Night, and of Skipper Rob, I'm Sean Rapier. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you.